0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to The Holy Hour, a podcast about sex, relationships, mental health, and everything in between.
2: I'm Amelia Sanson. And I'm Liz Ball. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Holy Hour. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Amelia Sampson.
1: And I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Liz Ball So Hard.
2: You can also watch us on YouTube
1: or listen ad-free on Patreon at patreon.com slash Hour. Check out our merch at theholyhour.com and email us your spicy stories at holyhourpodcast at gmail.com.
2: When I lived in my old apartment, I was waking up. I started waking up at the same time every single night, which was between 3 30 and 4 30 the witching hour the witching hour and like my apartment had just I, I don't know if I've talked about it in the past on here but like it just had like bad bad vibes and like it just like felt like dark energy in there I, I couldn't really ever explain it it was like the layout was weird and dark but it was also just like I just got a weird vibe and so one night I um I use this app called Sleep Cycle. This sounds like a whole ad for Sleep Cycle, but um, I use this app called Sleep Cycle, which like records like the sounds you make in the middle of the night to determine what phase of your sleep cycle you're in. And um, it picked up me saying, um, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. And I was like crying. And it was at four in the morning, which is like the time that I wake up. And I put it together like last week that that that's the time that I always wake up. I was like, hold on, because it's still happening. I'm still, I've moved, but I'm still waking up at the same time every night I without think we've fail. we've Talked
1: about that you're being haunted by a ghost. Oh yeah, I'm certain we have since college or something.
2: So I posted this story on my TikTok, just being like, "Anybody have any ans- answers for like what's going on? Like help." And I guess this guy Jesse Lyon got. Tagged a gazillion times in it, being like, Can you help her? Can you help her? And I had no, I didn't, I had no idea who this person was. And then um Jesse reached out to me and he is a dream interpreter and clinical uh hypnotherapist. Um and was like, I love your podcast. I would like, I would love to chat, and I would love to chat about like what you're experiencing. And so then I sent it to you, Liz, and I was like, What do we think? And you were like, Fuck yes. And so we Scheduled a call with Jesse and he was so fucking cool. I was expecting he it to is be so like,
1: sweet.
2: I was expecting it to be very, like, um, like I don't know, hard, like hard to believe. Like, I was expecting him to be more like, um, like spiritual woo woo than he was. It was very, mm. like, a very measured conversation. And I, I don't know, I'm just excited to hear what everyone thinks about it.
1: Yeah, he's he was so interesting to talk to, and he, like, I was impressed by how much he it knows his shit, which sounds stupid to say, but, like, I mean, like what you said, you you think it's going to be more, like, woo-woo kind of, like, spiritual stuff, but um, mm-hmm. it's actually just so, mu- so much more, like, backed by research and science, and I was like, hell yeah, this is – this is, has me even more on board because I- – I love the woo stuff, you know me. me. Too, absolutely, we love that witchy shit. So, um, but it was just like really cool to talk to him about all kinds of different dreams and like um, we we asked some about some common dreams. A lot of you guys submitted similar, if not the same, types of dreams um, that I'm sure he gets questions about all the time. Like, my teeth are falling out. What does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was just really cool to talk to him and about how he got into this line of work and what how we can interpret our dreams and learn more about his job and he has an app too. he talks a little bit more about the app um, in in the episode and how you guys can find it and I think it sounds pretty cool yeah.
2: Yeah, it really does. There's like AI involved in shit. So I think, I think y'all will be interested to
1: hear about it. AI has been doing fun stuff. Like, have you seen those little like AI portraits on TikTok? Yes. They're uh, either I, a hit or a flop, though.
2: Uh, there's this app. Um, oh my God. What's this called? Like Leva or something? I don't know. But um, Michaela from She Rates Dogs. Her name's Michaela. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She. She posted her like four portraits from this app, and they were so fucking cool. And I was like, so I paid four dollars to get mine, and they were worth every fucking penny. You like you upload. Yeah, I've spent more on less. Yep, and
1: (laughs) they. (laughs) You more on less.
2: That's what my dad always says. Whenever we like buy a movie on on demand, he's like, I've spent I've spent more on less, and now it's that's how I live my life, and that's why I'm broke. No, I'm just kidding. Um. (laughs) But I, you upload 10 to 12 selfies and they all have to have like different backgrounds and it can only be you in them. And then it takes like 20 minutes and they generate 50, 50 portraits of you and they're fucking beautiful and they made me feel so pretty. That's what you sent me yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're
1: beautiful. I
2: know they're so pretty.
1: They could be like on the cover of a romance novel. I agree. They're like, <laughs> not to brag, but I agree.
2: Really made me feel myself. <laughs>
1: they were so cute, you guys. If Amelia hasn't shared them already, I'm sure she will. They're on my Twitter. Go look. There we go.
2: Yeah, me and Liz are recording remote right now because um, Liz was not feeling well, Elia. Yeah. Um And then also, what's
1: wrong with me, guys? I had a cold, and then now I just keep getting nauseous. Um, Amelia's parents asked if I was pregnant. I'm definitely not pregnant. Um I good. just am a sickly <laughs> Victorian ghost child. That's a good way to put it. I I look kind I do look like a Victorian ghost in, you know I have those like, um, like those eye bags and I'm very pale.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I can see it. I wouldn't have said it myself, but, like, now that you've pointed it out, <laughs> I can see person. what you mean.
1: I'm okay with people agreeing with it. Okay, then I, you know, I'll, um, I agree. If I was going to be a ghost from any decade, it would. I would want to be a Victorian ghost or any era. For sure.
2: Like, I can't imagine an era that, like, Renaissance, like, I feel like everyone from the Renaissance kind of looked a little weird. Like, Victorian's the only, like, acceptable era.
1: Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the
2: seventies, but I feel like we're too like we're it's too early for that.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe ghosts have to like wait a certain amount of time before they do their ghosting. You know.
2: Yeah, I on I think they might. That I mean that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. They have to go through like like a like a ghost boot camp.
1: Yeah, yeah. What
2: do you th- What do you think is in ghost boot camp?
1: Journaling. I don't know. <laughs> That's a ghost journaling. <laughs> You put me on the spot, and that was the first thing I could think
2: of. <laughs> I wasn't expecting journaling. I was not, and you might be right. We don't know. Neither <laughs> of us have been ghosts.
1: You might be right. It's, or or we're ghosts right now. What if we're ghosts and the ghosts are people? See, this
2: is how I feel about ghosts. Maybe they're just in another dimension, so we do seem yeah. like ghosts to them.
1: Yeah. Maybe they're like – I. sometimes I – Sometimes I wake up and I hear a girl saying, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. (laughs) You guys are just haunting each other. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, my God. That's so funny.
2: Just haunting each other back and forth forever until one of us dies and becomes Mm -hmm. an actual ghost.
1: Mm -hmm. And then you meet.
2: The time ghost continuum. So we got our wrapped from Spotify. And obviously, these aren't our like... Total, total numbers, but it's still really cool to see like one platform showing us so much love. So I just wanted to share what we saw since everybody's sharing their raps. Okay, we created 2,321 minutes of new content in 2022, which is more than 94% of other creators in the comedy category. Go us. Go us. Pat pat ourselves on the back. Can you guess between these three, Liz, what our number one episode was? I'm going to list them to you. Okay. Episode 83, which was Lung-Popping Masturbation. Episode 77, which was Threesome threesome Thoughts. That's a tongue twister. Or Episode 69, Dirty Little Pig
1: Boy. Hmm. I'm going to guess the first one. What was it called again?
2: Threesome
1: Thoughts. No, that was the second one. Oh, Lung-Popping Masturbation.
2: Yeah, that one. It had – you were correct. (gasps) It had 125% more streams than our average episode. Oh, interesting. I know. I guessed wrong. That was my third guess out of three. Um, but I thought that that was very interesting. People start with our first episode, which is some- something that we oh. knew and also is, you know. Oh, no.
1: I'm How- like, should we archive those? <laughs> However, you found us is great to us. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, um, you st- stuck around for the later episodes when our audio improved. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you imagine? I wonder if people dropped off after that. Like, this is what people like. like this sounds so loud. <laughs> this is
2: what the fuck has happened? Are they hitting the table? Um, we were, we are listened to in 68 countries. I don't know. It's just, it's been so cool to see y'all posting that we're in your top five podcasts like that shit never gets old that is so cool there are so many podcasts and the fact that y'all listen to us enough for us to be like in that top top five five is so fucking cool so yeah thanks for sticking with us through 2022 2023 is gonna I mean this is not our last episode of the year but 2023 is gonna be fucking dope I feel it
1: and I hope so, because your girl is exhausted. <laughs> it's going to be a good year. We've all we've all gone through it this year. I think collectively we can agree, twenty twenty two was a doozy. Lots of growth has been had, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know,
2: and that's great. And also, I'm done growing.
1: I think, uh, On that note, we Should can. We leave- interview toss it to the interview yeah enjoy listening to us ask um jesse lyon about our teeth falling out in our dreams (laughs) (laughs) enjoy
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Um, So we can start with, uh, do you want to introduce yourself, Jesse?
3: Sure, yeah. My name is Jesse Lyon. Uh, I'm the chief dream scientist at DreamApp. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and a certified clinical hypnotherapist, but I think most people run into me on TikTok, where I am at Lyon Mental Health. Uh, We've got a little community of one and a half million over there just hanging out doing our little dream thing. But yeah, that's uh, that's been me. It's been a wild journey since COVID, like in making social media content uh, and just diving into dreams and their meanings.
2: Totally, hell yeah! What was the? I mean, we have a million questions, but what was the? What was the video that like really um, like catapulted your following on TikTok? Was there one in particular that really did it, or was it a slow build?
3: yeah there is it it was a combination of like a little bit of a slow build and then there was definitely a few videos that really took off one in particular was this video and i'm gonna butcher it (laughs) but is this one video of this guy and it just like had text on screen and it says um when they show up in your dreams uh and it means that they're thinking about you and they're waking life Mm-hmm. So like there's this huge myth that if somebody pops into your dreams, it means that they were thinking about you that day, which is totally like, I mean, sure, maybe the spiritual community thinks that, but like there's no scientific evidence for that. <laughs> and of course. I'm a medical provider. So like I made a response video of like, no, it doesn't mean that it actually does mean this. And it just 11 million views. It just blew up. So that's uh, that's the one that really sticks. Yeah.
2: Okay. I mean, I would imagine. I feel like, especially with like how the like the spiritual community on TikTok has really grown, and how like everything ends up on Witch Talk when like you've been looking at like witchy videos, and like I've been seeing a lot of dream conversation happening from there, which is how you and I also got connected. But we can dive into that after we learn more about you. Um, could you explain uh, for those that don't know, including myself? what a what a hypnotherapist looks like, because obviously, there's some like, media representation. Like <laughs> like
0: there are some it media like representations.
2: <laughs> Liz, Liz is from Vegas. So she's like, very familiar, I'm sure with like the stage hip- hypnotists. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does your job look yeah. like? Because I'm certain it's not that.
3: <laughs> yes, it's very different. And that's the number one misconception that I have to talk with people about when they come in for their first uh, session. Uh, Hypnotherapy is very much grounded in science. It's been around for a very long time and it's been used for mental health. Uh, It's actually one of the most researched modalities for mental health improvement. Uh, And so I I run a school that actually trains therapists in how to use hypnosis for recovery from trauma in particular. And it's very effective at working with trauma. I think where most people kind of misunderstand hypnosis and what it is, um, is they think it's mind control. Because in Vegas, like on a stage show, that's what it's yeah. presented as because it's, you know, that's kind of a cool idea, like I can control somebody's mind. But it's it's a magic show, like you're paying for a performance. And so they're exactly. giving you that performance since it's, uh, it's a fairy tale that you live in for an hour while they do their show. Uh, the real truth behind hypnosis is that um, there's a part of your brain that operates consistently and without you being consciously aware of it. Hypnotherapy is just a way to talk with and to interact with that part of your brain which is really where dreams and trauma are stored.
2: Okay, that makes a lot of that was very um, yeah. succinct and understandable. Thank well, you. <laughs> it, yeah,
1: it makes sense like how like hypnotherapy <laughs> kind of led into like being interested in dreams and because is there like is there a scientific reason we have dreams?
3: Yeah, there's there's a phew, there's so much research behind dreams and like so many different ways. I could answer that question. Uh, I think when people ask me that, I try and boil it down to like there's really two very important functions that your brain's trying to accomplish while you sleep. Uh, one is it's trying to create new networks. Trying to learn new stuff, synthesize new information. And then two, it's trying to deepen the networks that you already have. So like, you know, the neurons inside your brain, it's making new ones and deepening the existing ones. Uh, the process of doing that creates dreams. And that's kind of the experience of that restorative process that your brain is, you know, engaging in while you sleep.
2: It's really, it's interesting. In hearing it in those terms, is there this is like such a layman question, but is there like a connection or like a, like a similarity between like dreaming when you're asleep and daydreaming if you're like deepening those connections it's or zoning creating new ones?
1: Like, yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. And so um I would even say that's like really where hypnosis kind of jumps into it. Like when you're mm-hmm. daydreaming you're you're just trying to make sense of whatever the hell happened in your life just three seconds ago. And so like whether it's daydreaming in the car, which is a state of hypnosis, or whether it's daydreaming while you're supposed to be focusing on your math homework in class or, you know, whatever lecture series you're in, uh, it's your mind just kind of like overloaded in that moment and trying to make sense of, okay, I got to space out for a minute and make sense of what I'm feeling right now. And that's where the daydreaming comes in. And that's why like, that's why I'm so passionate about dreams, because there's such an emotional component to it that if you can take the time to learn what they're saying, there's so much emotional insight and mental health opportunity that comes from taking a moment, figuring out what your body and your mind is really trying to tell you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Liz. I'm like hijacking a million questions. No, but I just, I, I'm, I'm just trying. Like I'm like
1: <laughs> both of us are like waiting to ask our questions. I wanted yeah. to know how um, you got started in this. I'm oh, sure a lot of people uh, ask you well,
3: that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. It's a good question. I started <clears throat> as a counselor first, right? So I got my, you know, my undergrads in psychology, and then my master's degree in mental health counseling. Then you go and take your test, and you do all the stuff, and you get licensed with the Department of Health. And so I was a counselor first, and then I really started to like specialize and work with trauma. Uh, and so one of the most significant um, uh, significant symptoms of trauma is post traumatic nightmares. So, I would use hypnosis to treat trauma. And then I really started to get fascinated by these nightmares that people would have. And I'm like, why is it that when somebody experiences trauma, they have these nightmares? Like, it's such a consistent symptom. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, I was really trying to understand what the brain is doing, like what it's trying to accomplish when it has these terrible nightmares. Uh, and so, that's really where it started. So, I, it's my own personal journey of research and development of trying to help people through the trauma that they've experienced. Uh, and nightmares and dreams have been a huge part of that. That's
2: super, super interesting. I have also, Liz has a very talkative cat. Um, yeah. Anytime <laughs> I'm
1: like talking. I have two kitties. That- <laughs> you do? Cat so club. Liz. Yeah. Woo. Amelia has a cat too. Yeah. So we're all cat. One cat people here. Who needs
3: um, dogs? That's what I'm trying to say. What yeah. You, you got
1: to get a cat and then you got to get a cat for your cat.
3: That's actually is, very good advice.
1: This is my cat's cat, but
3: <laughs> there you go. There <laughs>
1: Where he goes. was supposed to be.
3: <laughs> I got two cats at the same time. And so they're sisters from the same litter. Uh, and if I ever need to put them in their place, I always remind them listen, I got you on BOGO. So know your work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> be no hair off my back. You were BOGO. So
3: <laughs> you were BOGO. Listen, you're being a little bit entitled right now. Okay. <laughs> no, I love them. They, they do whatever they want, the house is theirs, you know. Yeah. You know how it
1: that's... is. Oh, I
2: yeah. know. <laughs> yep. I can't even imagine having another one because mine just really, really runs the show around here. Um,
3: you question know, if you get about two cats, they settle down. Th- the that's way. what I've
2: been told. So she's she's a senior and she um, yeah. has moved around a lot because Ooh. she doesn't get along with other cats. So it's like a bit of a okay. risk.
3: Cuff. But yeah. I know. i we'll 22 I'm like, there.
2: Yeah. And she's like old. So I feel like she's just kind of chilling. She's 14. She's just yeah, like okay, okay. toasting through life now. She's like,
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't need a friend. You don't want to <laughs> upset that. I get you. I get you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> jumping back in, I had a question when you were uh, talking about post-traumatic stress dreams. Um, mm. A question that I've had that I wrote down in my notes that some of our listeners also had was about dreaming about exes. Um, I, both of us are plagued (laughs) by dreams of our excess.
3: Number one dream.
2: Oh, interesting. Number one dream
3: that I get in the app. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause we, you know, we're able to kind of, that's the, that's the best part about it. Right. Is like, you know, with the app that I've invented dream app, uh, we can like really do a lot of good research about dreams because of the community that we've built. And so we can figure out which dreams are the most recurrent, like which are the most common and really what they mean. So. That's kind of the coolest thing about the app that we've created dream app, uh, because we're able to like track which symbols are the most recurring. And so X is actually like number one symbol, uh, that people have, uh, it's way more common than I think people really realize. Uh, what's happening though is it's not about your X. We know that that part of the, that part of the mind that dreams is really looking inward. It's about yourself. And so that's where a lot of people get confused when they try and interpret their own dreams. Uh, They think that it's about the outside world. They think that it's literally about their ex or it's literally about their boss. It's not, all of those are gonna be a symbol for something that's going on within you. So when you're dreaming about your ex, it's you thinking about your past. The part of you that got left with them, the baggage that's still left over from that traumatic relationship or that, you know, that toxic relationship, you know, maybe now that you're outside of that relationship, you've become very structured and much more cynical about life and romance. And so you'll dream about your ex because you want to get back to that free, blissful, carefree experience that you used to have. And so your mind will give you that symbol of your ex to try and say, hey, remember how you used to be? You can get that back. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes we misinterpret it.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was, I was having a lot of dreams about my ex for a chunk of time there and it was like really distressing to me and my therapist was like, you need to pay attention to how you feel in the dream. Like, are you stressed out about like, I was having this dream where I kept texting him by accident and it was this like big stressful experience and she was like, that's your brain telling you, or you know, like that maybe you don't want to go back to that place. Like, pay attention to how you're feeling in those moments. And that really helped me a lot.
1: Mine are mm. always um, my ex is trying to get back together with me. And I'm like, absolutely not. I can't even believe you're asking me this.
3: <laughs> nice. Nice. So what's what's so cool about that, right? Is when you think about your ex, think about your ex as a part of yourself. Right. Mm. Because that image of your ex lives inside of your memory, but also there's the part of you that fell in love with that person at one time, or at least was attracted to them at one time, and that part Mm -hmm. of yourself still lives inside of you. And there's kind of a conscious part of you here right now who's a little bit afraid of that part of yourself. It's like, if I fell in love with that person once, what if I accidentally texted them or fell in love with another person like that again? And so it can be this fear. This fear of Blowing my mind. (laughs) <laughs> and I know it's it's it really is mind-blowing because all of these just just groundbreaking awarenesses like these these huge revelations about our emotions are are inside of our mind it's just nobody knows how to tap in and interpret the dream symbols to give you this insight because your brain already knows it's giving you the dream about your ex and so it already mm-hmm. knows that that fear is in you it's just when you wake up and you're so busy with the stress of the day that you don't realize the deep insight that you already have inside of you.
1: This kind of leads into a question that a listener asked us. Um, She said that she has dreams that she cheats on her partner, even though she Mm -hmm. like is in love with him. And I've had dreams like that too, where you wake up and you're like, I would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you have any insight on that,
3: or or the other way around, where your partner has a dream that you cheated on them, and then they're mad at you all Yes, day. I have those <laughs> anyway. too. I have those too. <laughs> those
1: you <laughs> You're it like, why would crazy. you do that?
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, ah, yeah. So so again, it's it very much personal. Um, just a just a fun kind of like dream fact. There's always two levels of dream meaning. There's what we call manifest content and latent content. It's a little bit of a confusing term, but basically there's the literal meaning and then the deeper personal meaning. So like uh, if I have a dream about my work, right, there's the literal meaning of, yeah, I'm stressed at work. So of course I'm going to have that dream. But the deeper meaning is, oh, if I'm having a stress dream about work, I may not feel up to the job. I may be doubting myself. I may not feel very confident. And so you can kind of see like those two meanings, the surface level meaning and then the deep personal meaning. Kind of take place in that dream. The, the dream about cheating is no different. So uh, it can be that there's like some feelings about the relationship, about the the two of you, something has come in between the two of you in your relationship. But it can also be about you've kind of gotten stuck in a certain way, in a certain place of living, in a certain mental rut. And so your mind is trying to break out of that because you're so afraid to kind of be outside of your normal box that that dream can kind of be distressing. If that sort of makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it makes sense. I Absolutely. I, I feel like, okay, everyone has like 1 million questions for you about dreams. <laughs> and I, th- I feel like I see the same thing on TikTok. Everyone's like asking you about dreams. Um, so I want to give you like a window of opportunity to also talk about hypnotherapy because I think that is so interesting. But mm-hmm. I think it's also harder. It's not as like concise as maybe talking about like dream interpretations, yeah. Um, so I, I just want to know more about that.
3: Yeah. A hypnotherapy is fantastic. I, I do it all the time in my private practice. Um, I don't mind the questions about dreams. I love them so, so much. And really my focus has been on dreams. Um, I think what, what can be not frustrating frustrating is the wrong word but I guess what I wish that I could give everyone my personal time to interpret each individual dream but the nature of TikTok and social media is like it has to be quick and catchy and so I can't Mm -hmm. make everyone's personal dream that's like super niche into a video Mm -hmm. and so I just I wish that I could reach more people Um, and that's that's really why I started the app Um, but I don't mind those questions about dreams I love them so much
2: yeah it's very like I feel like the difference probably too outside of there just being not a whole lot of like like hard research about like what dreams are like there's no like I, I feel like with hypnotherapy not everybody experiences it but everybody has dreams so it's like there's yeah. all of these question, I mean, not everyone remembers their dreams, but it's something that like is a very human experience. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's probably why as well that people are like, oh my God, there's somebody here that I can ask questions to for, I've never had somebody like ask these questions to before. So it it makes sense that people have like really like clung on to that piece of your career.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes sense to me too. And that's another big misconception I think about dreaming is uh, some people think they don't dream, but the research is very conclusive. Everybody dreams all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. The problem is there's kind of like a a war inside of your brain. (laughs) There's the thinking part, prefrontal cortex uh, that goes to bed when you do. And so when you wake up, that prefrontal cortex turns back on and it's like, what's all this? What's all this garbage? Get rid of this. We don't need that. And so you don't Mm -hmm. remember. Uh, So that's really really kind of the struggle. With practice, everyone can get their dreams back. that's a uh, that's that's huge. You know, it's really you taking the time to prioritize yourself and your mental health.
2: Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I sorry, Liz. <laughs> no, I, go ahead. I, I, um, was thinking a lot about before, and what you just said reminded me that, like, I'll be going about my day and then something will remind me that I had this dream last night and it'll just like pop back up out of nowhere when I completely
1: forgot up until that point. You just asked what? the same thing that I was about to yeah. ask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, how come I have a, I'm i having deja vu about these dreams? Or mm. like, yeah, just that weird like feeling of like, oh, that's right. I had a dream yeah, had about a dream like about this, this really left, yeah. strange thing
3: Yeah, and remembering yeah. So, so
1: something you forgot. Too-
3: Yeah, two things kind of there is like deja vu, which I get asked a lot of time, but then also dreams are very contextual. So like even our memory, if you want to remember something, like I don't know if you remember it in grade school, but we used to learn these very silly songs to help us remember like geography or math principles, you know, (laughs) because memory is very contextual and it's very relational. So if you're trying to remember something, you'll be walking through your life and you'll sit down in your car and you're like, oh my God, I had a dream about driving. And I'm remembering it because I'm sitting in my car now. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact of memory. Now, deja vu, though, is pretty interesting. Um, There's kind of a split in what people think about deja vu. Um, There is some pretty interesting stuff about people who can kind of predict the future with their dreams. There's actually several cases of people who can predict earthquakes because they'll have earthquake dreams. And they've found that they there's some kind of like intuitive sense that these people have uh, about like just just nature and like earthquakes. you know how like animals will run away from dangerous areas because they know something bad's coming. Uh, there's some people who can do that and will actually like predict earthquakes and stuff which is crazy. So um, there's there's a little bit of that and I do have to give a nod like that's a thing that we're looking into. Uh, But most of the time, and what most scientists and researchers will say, which is usually the boring answer, uh, is that it's a misremembering. So you'll dream something uh, that's kind of not very detailed. It'll be just kind of a a blank dream about driving in general or a room in general. And then you'll walk into a room or you'll be driving somewhere and you'll be like, oh my gosh, this was exactly the dream that I had. And it's like, well, was it really? Or are you just like, over like over contextualizing it like you're over detailing it you know
2: yeah it's like a false memory kind of situation i'm sure right right i have kind of a specific question that i don't really know how to ask but uh just for some background context i've had this experience since i was a kid and Mm. i was watching a video about dreams before you and i got connected cuz i've just always been so interested and they brought up this phenomenon and then when i went to look more into it i couldn't find it anywhere else so it's this thing that happens to me where i have a dream that i'm doing something very innocuous around the house like i like go downstairs to get a glass of water and everything is very normal in the house and then i wake up and i'm so unsettled like it's not like i feel worse than if i had had a nightmare it's like the the like reality aspect of it mm. is unsettling. Is this something it's that like you've heard real. of? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I wake up and I'm just like, "Oh god, I need to like turn on a light and like not go back to sleep." It's very strange.
3: I need to shower. I feel itchy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's so strange cuz it's like nothing really happens. Is there any sort of like ex explanation for like why a very realistic dream can feel so like gross like that.
3: Yeah, so so you know it can be different for each person. and so I think like if, if you were a client of mine, I would go a little bit deeper into that. But sort of the surface level kind of explanation for it is a lot of times and there has been a lot of good research about dream waking confusion. Uh, and they've found that dream reality confusion it's I, I think that's the acronym actually. DRC, dream reality confusion. Um, it can happen a lot when we're very emotionally stressed, like when we're having trouble really managing our emotions or really, uh, really, really caring for how emotionally intense our life is at a certain point our brain kind of just, it gets too much, it gets overloaded. And so it can become difficult to distinguish between waking reality and dreaming reality. And so that would be kind of my first initial thought. And I do work with a lot of people who tell me that, and I get that comment a lot on my videos, uh, dream, wake, confusion. Um, So that would be kind of my initial thought is that when we're really stressed or we're going through something emotionally intense, we can get really, really sort of mixed up in our mind about what's real and what's not. This is where we see a lot of disassociative symptoms. So like as a licensed counselor, I work a lot with schizophrenia and disassociative identity disorder, which used to be called multiple personalities. Uh, and you see that a lot with trauma. And they have a lot of dream weight confusion as well, because that disassociative symptom is kind of like a response to emotional intensity.
2: Okay, that makes a lot. Of, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs>
3: Were you going through is- something?
2: I'm, I was such an anxious child. Oh, I was like, so, such like, I was like a, like a poster Girl. child for like anxiety as a child, but, um, it hasn't happened <laughs> like, like really it's often. It's like your face,
3: Xanax. It's right. It's yeah. right there.
2: <laughs> that, no, exactly. Exactly. I That's know I could, I could peddle that stuff out. Like it's nobody's business. Um, no, hey, I, I
3: medication, do what you got to do. Take care of yourself. By <laughs> the even, way. actually saying.
2: what I was just about to say. Those dreams stopped once I got on Prozac. So I feel like there that whole, the this whole like disgusting. anxiety aspect of it, yeah. But it's so strange because it's like it's so normal. So it's just like it was such mm. an interesting experience that I would have, where I would just wake up and just be like, "All right, I'm I'm up. Like I don't want to. I can't go back to sleep now." It's More almost so like, than if it
1: was scary, almost like the uncanny valley feeling of like yes. your brain being like something's Ooh. not right with whatever I'm looking at. Like it's almost yes. real, but I know it's not, and that's why I'm fucked up about it.
3: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. It's like uh it's like the wax figures at Madame Tussauds, right? You know, it's like mm-hmm. gosh, it looks it looks too real. It's unsettling. <laughs> I know yes. it's not real.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and there's like, a like s- something like a little little bit off about it. Yeah. It's that. Right, yep. Right. Totally. Okay, let's You know, you can- you're making me
3: think you're making me think about have you heard of uh, oh gosh, of course the name escapes me now. Um, liminal spaces? no Mm -mm. no okay so liminal spaces let me let me take you on a journey
1: (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a band spaces
3: uh oh that's a can we make a band liminal spaces i think we should (laughs) (laughs) we have to now i i play the drums by the way i don't know what you You, play but uh i I don't think
1: any of us can you play an instrument amelia play guitar i cannot play an instrument i used to play the flute liz can sing yeah, you I'll can do say. that. Yeah, got you're
2: a it. theater kid. Boom. You got vocals. <laughs>
3: Amazing. Wrap it up. It's a band, Liminal Spaces. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So so Liminal Spaces, uh, they were really popular, like on on the internet for a bit. Did you ever hear of the back rooms? Did you ever hear of like that, like little little subculture,
1: like the like on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've seen those, and they're like creepy. Okay. 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 But then, like, nothing scary Ame- actually. Amelia's happens. like,
3: "What in the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> those
1: of us that don't know what are backrooms.
3: <laughs> Liz, go for it. Yeah.
1: Um, I've only seen a few of them, and they're almost like these like nightmare types of videos. Like, um, the last one I watched, uh, it was like. A, someone like getting into um, a floating tube like but everything's indoors oh. I don't know it's weird and so he gets Sprinting. into this like tube and then there's just these like shadows underwater and then people were in the comments were saying it was like triggering their fear of like things underwater and then I was like oh I didn't even realize that was a fear but then it kind of made sense to me because I started thinking about when I've been snorkeling and then you're just there's something that feels like kind of icky i don't know you're like i hope this fish doesn't get too close to me even though it's like a fish or i it was bizarre and then i was like looking at videos it's of just people creepy. yeah um and and they're all made up like right the, right but yeah in the back rooms the, content. the point the point of them is to like trigger people they're into, just like... unsettling okay got it like nothing yeah, scary it's actually happens but it's unsettling
3: yeah, and that's like the key feature, right? And so mm-hmm. so what you were saying Amelia about your dream like it was really mundane but it was unsettling really made me think about this whole concept of liminal spaces. Um so there's there's some good science behind it and then there's like some fun like creepy stuff that people make stories into online. Uh the backrooms is this this kind of like story arc. It's this uh this genre of liminal spaces where the idea is Somehow, as you're going through your daily life, you fall in between the cracks of reality and you like fall down into an alternate plane. And in this alternate plane, there's just all these very strange spaces that are eerie. And so the one that is the most common is you're in an office building with a bunch of halls and a bunch of fluorescent lights. Everything is like a tan sort of yellow color. The carpet is just like oddly a little bit soggy. And so you're just wandering, but there's no furniture and there's no people. You're just wandering. It's totally silent, and you're by yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just eerie. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of different genres of liminal spaces. That's a liminal space, though. Uh, and so there's these these uh, series of dreams that we'll have um, that really play on that liminal space idea. Um, now they also actually make liminal spaces in waking life. Um, and they'll do it on purpose and they're actually used for religious and spiritual experiences because the way that they construct the architecture just makes you feel off. Have you ever been in like a building that just made you feel weird? Like maybe it was like a bathroom with like too many stalls or like an office building that just was like eerily empty. That's a liminal space. And so they'll do that because it makes you feel very dreamy. It makes you feel like you're not in reality. And a lot of churches, especially like very old, like orthodox, like monasteries and stuff are made in a particular way to kind of trigger that feeling because it makes you feel closer to like an alternate reality and like a spiritual dimension. And it's just this kind of like psychology hack where it's like your brain is just like, what? Like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. (laughs) So interesting. Yeah. It's wild, so that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um I wanted to ask you this is this is kind of related to um a lot of people theorize that like their dreams are like you living in an alternate reality and I just wanted mm. to know what you thought of that.
3: Uh so I totally agree and that may surprise you, but I agree in a way not that's expecting different that answer. than I think <laughs> I know. (laughs) I'm full of surprises. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Uh, But I agree in a way that's different than I think what most people theorize. Um, It's kind of like, you know how years ago when sci-fi first came out, they had all these ideas about the way things would be. Uh, and then like we actually get to 2022 and it's like, wow, we kind of have some of those things like this device in my pocket that can access all the information ever and talk to my friends whenever I want to, like that was in sci-fi movies and now we have it, but it's different than the way the sci-fi movies showed it. Yeah. Um, alternate, like alternate realities of living, um, is, is true. Like there is an unconscious emotional existence that you live every single day all of the things that you go through in your life, all of the experiences that you have uh, are lived on an emotional level as well as like a conscious level. And so when you go to sleep, it's the process of your mind giving meaning to all of your experiences, analyzing and processing through for the real significant and the real emotional components of what you experienced while you're awake. And so, yeah, when you close your eyes and go to sleep, uh, I would argue that that experience, like that existence that you live in your unconscious mind, in your an emotional self, is more important than the conscious life that you live day to day. Because, I mean, as human beings, like, I mean, computers, ones and zeros, screens and lights, you know, can can do Everything that our conscious mind can do, but the actual like living, like actual consciousness is lived on a deeper emotional level. And that's what separates us from machine. And that's what makes dreams special. So, I mean, yeah, I do think it's really, really important. I think there's a level of like reality and a level of living that happens on this, this deeper emotional side. And we get to touch on that while we sleep. And I just think that's really special.
2: Absolutely. There's that. Um. Uh, leads me to a question that we were with some friends last night and we were like we're talking to the. <laughs> what this, do you guys think <laughs> a dream scientist tomorrow like what do you guys want to know and one of the questions that came up and was also in our in our listener questions was like these recurring symbols that people have in dreams like their teeth mm. falling out or like you know like forgetting like going to a test for a class that you never attended like there are mm-hmm. these
1: there are these like everyone that, like, seems to have these has. stress dreams
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But if they have the deeper question? meaning, yeah, that's absolutely true.
2: <laughs> that is my question. Now, um, it, like, is there some sort of like science? But like, why why are people having those exact same dreams yeah. of things that they haven't experienced ever, like their teeth falling out?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's shared human experience, right? So there's that's what's so cool about it. It's like, uh, you know, if if I ask you to hold up your hand, right? Go ahead. Look. We have we all have the same number of fingers. <laughs> I didn't know that. I haven't seen your hands until now, but because I know you're a human, <laughs> right? I can make a pretty good guess that you've got the same number of fingers on your hand that I do on mine, uh, barring some extreme circumstance, right? Right. Yeah. The the brain is the same way, and there's really no reason that the brain shouldn't be the same way. You know, uh, there are certain ways that the brain functions that are consistent between you and me and everybody else. And so, when we're stressed, our brain responds very similarly because we're all human beings. We're all connected, uh, and so like that's that's really kind of the magic of it, right? And that's like why Dream App exists because since we're all human beings and we have the same psychic structures to a greater or lesser extent we can make some really accurate and some really powerful predictions about what you're going through in that moment based on the symbols you're seeing in your dreams. Mm -hmm. So like teeth, for example, right? Let's say your teeth are falling out of your head or they're cracking in your mouth or falling out in your dream. Uh, It's a huge stress symbol because teeth are the part of our body that break down our food into manageable sizes for us to digest. So think about it. Symbolically, if your teeth are falling out, It means that you don't feel like you can break down life's problems into manageable sizes to deal with. So it's a stress dream. And every human being has teeth. We all kind of use them for the same basic purposes. So it makes sense that we would have similar dreams and that there's these very foundational like psychic symbols and psychic structures that we all share in common as human beings. Mm -hmm.
1: Now I'm thinking about, I've like, like I'm trying to think of the deeper meaning of this like weird recurring thing I have... Where I'm trying to put my contacts in and they're really big and I have to try and figure out how to fit them in my eye. (laughs) It's so weird. I told my mom about it and she's like, what the hell are you talking about right now? But I'm like, maybe I feel like I can't see reality. I don't know. (laughs) Uh,
3: Usually it's vision. Yeah. Stuff Mm -hmm. to do with your eyes and like contacts is like, am I seeing the problems clearly? Like, am I seeing Mm -hmm. my situation clearly? Yeah, and so this is so fun. I'm going to analyze deep, all my dreams movement. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 great.
2: That I um, we also I want to be uh, cognizant of your time too, Jesse. I I want to hear about the app, but the question that I have leading up to that is, how has it been since you've started doing this line of work? Like, what's your experience been with your own dreams? Like, is it like, do you wake up and you're like oh my god like i, I had all of these and like does it help you work through your own life hurdles what is it like
1: now
3: yeah yeah is uh is the podcast um do we have to keep it clean or anything no oh. no
1: it, this is a okay, okay it's just, predominantly a sex and dating podcast
3: right I <laughs> with just, therapy I just sure. in between yeah yeah <laughs> okay 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 So, so yes, being a dream scientist gives me a lot of peace of mind about my dreams. Uh, That's actually kind of where it came from, right? So like when I was a kid, you know, I was going through puberty and I had this dream. It it really kind of fucked me up. (laughs) I had this dream about this person was on a stage lit by a single spotlight and they were butt naked and they had and their scrotum was really long. And it was so long, it was like it was like a like um uh, like a bride in her train in her wedding dress. Oh my It was like gosh. that long, it dragged drug along the stage and they were doing very slow tai chi type <laughs> movements. This- just in a single spotlight. <laughs> and so I'm like fourteen years old, and I can't not think about this giant scrotum tai chi wielding individual for the rest of the day. I couldn't focus on anything. Homework was not getting done that day. And so <laughs> I was like, you know what? Dreams are silly. Dreams are dumb. Dreams are stupid. I don't need a dream anymore. And so I don't think I remembered a dream for the next like five to ten years. And you just turned them off? Yeah, I just stopped paying attention to them.
2: Yep. Nope.
3: Yeah. I was like, no, done. (laughs) Uh, Which may make some people frustrated because I think some people wish that they could do that. Um, But it's been actually a journey. Of like finding myself again you know and like if you think about it like 14 years old you're like going through puberty like of course you're going to dream about like you know giant scrotum because like pff, that's what you're going through you know it's like yeah, things are developing uh but it just really made me uncomfortable um and so I, I stopped for a while so anyways to answer your question knowing that dreams are symbolic and being able to understand the deeper symbolism gives me some peace that i don't have to take them literally Because if you're getting chased by a monster, or like you know, you're getting in trouble with your boss, you know, inside of your dream, that can really kind of cause some distress for the rest of the day. But if you understand that it's a symbol and it's there to help you, it just takes that pressure off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that
2: that makes a lot of sense. So, in developing the app, then um,
3: Mm.
2: was that a, a main focus? Was to try to help people not be so afraid of what they're dreaming about, or what was the impetus?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the the impetus was mental health. Mental health and specifically like a huge focus on trauma uh, and helping people connect to themselves. So what happens like when we experience mental health, stress, depression, trauma, uh, we lose our connection with ourselves, And that's where dreams can really be a huge help of finding ourselves again. Uh, And so whether it's like, you know, a bad breakup or, you know, just a bout of depression or anxiety, by looking at your dreams and understanding that they're trying to tell you something, they're trying to help you overcome the struggle that you have, uh, you can find your way again. And that's what's that's what's really amazing about it. So like, that's why we started the app, because there's so many people, especially during COVID Mm. um, that I was seeing in my office uh, that were struggling with their dreams. And they didn't know what to do with them. And so I just saw such an improvement in the lives of my clients that um, I know I only have so many hours in a day, and I wanted to share it with as many people as I possibly could. And an app is a great way to do that.
2: That's amazing.
3: Uh It's. I mean, I don't don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I will be doing this for the rest of my life. Like I just, every day I wake up and I'm like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Like nothing makes me more excited than helping people learn to not be at war with themselves anymore, to learn that their brain's not against them. It's just misunderstood. Like there's such a, I don't know, man. I get like all emotional thinking about it and like talking about it because it's just like seeing people fall in love with themselves again and not be at war with their own mind. Uh, there's nothing better. There's nothing more important than that.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, it's. I feel like maybe um, long scrotum man when you were fourteen was like <laughs> your little Jiminy Cricket Sending directing you. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is your journey. Look at my scrotum. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
3: Give a, a long journey ahead not of you. It's big dick energy. <laughs> yeah. It's big scrotum energy. Big mm-hmm. scrotum
1: energy. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I might have to name the episode that. <laughs>
3: big scrotum energy. Big scrotum energy. I, big scrotum energy with Jesse Lyon. I, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> we need some fan art. I want. I want some die cut stickers.
1: <laughs> absolutely. We're the call out. <laughs>
3: there's there's room on the wall for another picture. Big scrotum man.
2: <laughs> if anyone's listening and wants to take a take a stab at big scrotum man, please by all means.
3: <laughs> I am here for it. I am here for it.
2: <laughs> um, Liz, I feel like you probably have a million and one questions before we let Jesse go. But um, I, so I just wanted to hand it back to you because I feel like I've been hijacking a bit.
3: No, I yeah, don't think it's. You have. It's nine fifteen at night here. I got nowhere else to be. So <laughs> what's that? Okay, I got nothing.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking about how like special it is to find a calling like that. Like, to find something so specific that you commit yourself to in terms of, like, your life's work. Um, So I think that's really awesome. And it's – I think everyone wants to find something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cool cool to see that.
3: Yeah. And I'll just encourage people. Like, it didn't – I didn't like graduate high school and be like, I'm going to be a dream scientist. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a thing. Like, nobody's a dream scientist. I'm the dream scientist. I had to invent that. And so it was just a slow and like consistent journey of like not compromising what I thought was important. Like day after day of just like, this is important and I want to keep working on this. And eventually like the path shows itself. If -hmm. you're diligent and you really honor yourself and like, you know, your emotions and your truth the path shows itself along the journey like dream scientists was not a thing until i started working on dreams so that's a that's just the encouragement to everybody like it looks really put together on the other side of the tiktok screen on this side of the tiktok screen i'm trying to figure shit out man
1: Mm -hmm. yeah we we all are (laughs) Putting it together slowly. Um, I would be remiss if I did not ask about sex dreams because this is a sex podcast. So I know our listeners are going to be like, I need to know about my sex dreams.
3: (laughs) Please, let's get into sex dreams. So sex is a really common dream. It's in the top five for sure, for sure. Uh, Sex, you have to remember, like, you're talking with and interfacing with a part of the brain that is unconscious. It's more animalistic. It's more primal in its nature. It's more simple. It's not as uh, manipulative and complex as your consciousness is. Um, so, sex is about connection. Like if you're dreaming about having sex with somebody, something, or or yourself, it's about connecting. And so, some people will have dreams about having sex with themselves, <laughs> which is kind of a fun and interesting dream. Hell yeah! Deeper now connection I'm like, with yourself. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can make that one. What would
1: that, that be happen? like? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, just, just gonna take a mental note.
3: <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, so sex is about connection, right? You know, a lot of times people have a sex dream about like a, like a coworker or their boss, and they get really like, oh my gosh, like I would never. Um, again, you got to go deeper than that. It's a connection with an authority figure, and so you're connecting. Like if it's your boss, right? So what's your connection with authority? What's your connection with your authority in your life? That's what your dream's trying to tell you. If you're connecting with a coworker or you're, you know, having sex with uh, a crush, right? It's your brain kind of asking the question, how can I connect with those features that I find the most attractive? How can I get those into my life more? Right. You know, maybe you see somebody, you have a I don't know, all got a soft spot for Ryan Reynolds, at least I do. Yeah. And so absolutely. for me, America's Ryan Reynolds boyfriend. Is a symbol <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Dreamy. <laughs> uh, but for for me personally, Ryan Reynolds is like he's a symbol of confidence, he's funny, you know, he doesn't care too much, he's very carefree. And so if I were to have a dream about having sex with Ryan Reynolds, it'd be, ah, how do I get some more carefree confidence and funniness into my life because I can be a bit too much in my head and a little bit too analytical. So it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, yeah, of course I'm banging Ryan Reynolds. It makes sense.
1: (laughs) I also think that's, like, important to remember, too. Uh, Just in general, like, when you find yourself, like, attracted to someone, um, it's also because, like, they have qualities about them that, like, you wish you had yourself. I I at least am Mm. aware of that in, like, my relationships. Like, the things that I admire about my partners are things that I'm like, oh, I wish I had more of that quality. So yeah. I think it makes sense. Wow,
3: huge. That's a great that's great advice. Cuz you run the risk, you know, if you don't recognize that you're attracted to them because they have qualities you wish you had, you run the risk of becoming codependent because you let them be the qualities that you should be developing in yourself rather mm-hmm. than actually mm. developing them for yourself. So that's a it's good to fall in love with someone like that or to have sex dreams about them, but you got to remember that there's some work that you got to do.
1: Yeah, they're not gonna fill it for you or make you the way that no. you wish you were. Yeah, that that's taken Good a advice. lot of uh, therapy and learning. <laughs> I know I'm speaking for Amelia as well, so <laughs> we've yep. learned those lessons. <laughs> yes, we have. You live and you learn. Yes,
3: yeah, sure um, do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just never stop doing those two things until you living, know, and yeah, yep. you're yep. living and learning. Just living and learning. You live, you learn
3: your dream mm-hmm. and then you die. <laughs> that's you nailed it. That's the whole thing.
2: You got tagged in my video of me waking Bunch up at the same time. Yeah, more than once.
3: I it was it was a few people tagged me in your video, yeah. Really? There's like, <laughs> there's like the little army. There's the little lion pride that that goes out there and they're like, oh, there's a video. There's a dream video. they got tagged Jesse in it. So
2: Hell yeah. I love that. you that's like cool to have that kind of everyone thinks of you when they see something dream related. It's really strange know, though because so like much. I never remember the dreams that I'm sleep talking about and I know that that's something mm. that I've been reading a lot about that um uh psychologists and people studying dreams have not been able to figure out why like p- why people are not remembering the dreams that they are speaking in and it has something to do with like different level like different parts of your REM cycle that you're in I have I mean I'm gonna let you speak to it because I probably sound like a fucking moron. But um now I'm the, curious too.
1: Cause the video my partner's roommate uh constantly sleep talks. So we we'll hear s- him like through the, the walls, like talking in his sleep. Like
2: I have been sleep talking since I was an itty bitty little thing, but it's kind of become concerning. This video for people listening that um, don't know, if we haven't teed it up in the beginning, um I have been waking up at the same time between like 3.30 and 4.30 in the morning for the past year. And it's every time I wake up, I'm like, it's probably between – and it always is. And um, my sleep cycle app recorded me saying, please don't hurt me. I'm sure we can drop in a little soundbite of that too here. <laughs> it's a little scary. Um, it and- it,
3: it kind of made my heart sink a little bit like, oh, that's that's scary.
2: Yeah, it not a, not a super fun thing to like hear right when you wake up. I sent it to my parents, yeah. and they were like, "Never show us anything like this ever again."
3: <laughs> you can see why people think that like dreams are demons. Like I totally understand where that thought comes from because like especially after hearing your recording, like it's like, oh my god, like she's fighting a demon in her sleep, no doubt.
2: Yeah, that I mean that's what it feels like because whenever I say that I wake up at the same time every night, everybody is always like, "Yeah, it's uh, you. You got a sleep demon." <laughs> It's like, I don't want to fucking hear that. I don't want to sleep, demon. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that brings me back to my original question about um, like sleep talking and not being related to dreaming, or at least the dreams that you remember. Um, Mm, mm. Do you have anything to say about that or the science behind that? I don't really know what my question is, just like uh, in general. What the fuck? (laughs) Here
3: you go, Jesse. Just tell me, please. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Happy to. Happy to. Uh, so, So like you said, you know, there dream research is still very much an undergoing process. It's it's in continuance. Um, but kind of like my own sort of, sort of theory about it, like based on the things that I've read and like the research that has been done uh, is, again, remember those phrases that you say, uh, those things that kind of come out in sleep are accessing memories. They're accessing this hind part of the brain. And so we do know there has been research into whether you can Actually, talk with someone while they're sleeping, and actually get information out of them. Because you know, like for the military, they wondered, can I just put somebody to sleep and then use that as an interrogation technique to get the secret? You know, where's the secret base from them, right? And unfortunately, well, or maybe fortunately, they found out no, you can't, uh, you can't get information out of somebody when they're sleeping. Because what is happening is you're kind of accessing pre-programmed sort of phrases. This is in your memory, right? So you know, we all have kind of idioms we say or different phrases that we say without even thinking about it, right? Um, And and so that's kind of what's being accessed. If you're stressed in your dream, it's going to be accessing those same parts of the brain that are where your stress sort of communication is or your fear communication Mm. is, right? So please help me. Makes sense. If you're having a scary dream, it's going to also be kind of Sort of eliciting those same sort of scary emotions or those same phrases that you would say if you were in danger so it's like okay i get it uh now why can't we remember them mm, it, some people can remember the things that they dream about uh, and some people can remember if they wake up and someone says hey you were saying this do you remember what you're dreaming some people can so it's uh it's not that if you're talking you can't remember your dream it's just some people don't remember and some people do Got it. Okay.
1: You just reminded me of when I like was I think I was a teenager and I or maybe it was right when I had graduated college and I was living with my parents for a little bit. Mm. I was screaming in my, in my sleep. Because I remember I was screaming in my dream but nothing was coming out and then my mom my parents yeah. came in my room and then they're like you're just screaming bloody murder in your sleep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, i love it i love it it it'll scare the shit out of you man i tell you what, oh yeah i i'm a i am a chronic sleep yeller so if i am stressed <laughs> and i've been having a stressful week my poor wife and it it looks like i'm demon possessed i swear i will sit bolt up right in the bed yell and then lay right back down and go right to sleep <laughs> Yeah, she'll tell me. She's like, she's like, you were yelling in your sleep last night. Do you remember? I'm like, nope. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> Not like, at Did all. Did you sleep okay? I was like, yeah, I slept great. Why? She's like, because you were you were saying all kinds of crazy crap last night. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry.
1: Mine is that there's like a big spider like crawling on the wall, Ooh. and I'm like half awake, half asleep, and I'm like, there's a spider, and it's a I I have had this since college, and I always scare the shit out of like my roommate or my boyfriend, and. I've just come to accept that it happens. <laughs> yeah. My Spiders my annual spider dream.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiders are tricky. They represent uh, like, you know, web of lies or deception. Oh, and interesting. Kind of stuff. Spiders, yeah. Oh. Spider-Man, you know, think about like Spider-Man, right? Like he's kind of like, he's always bamboozling the bad guy, right? You know, like outwitting them and kind of tricking them. Hey, look over here. Boom, got you over here. Like that's kind of part of that superhero character. And so mm-hmm. it's like. They use spiders for Spider Man because archetypally, symbolically, it fits. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, now well, I'm. Damn. I'm gonna have to think a little bit harder when I have my recurring spider nightmare. <laughs> this, yeah.
2: This, yeah, is yeah is hit up me, DM. this is making me.
1: This is making me want to keep a dream
2: journal because, yeah. like, I I've always heard of people keeping dream journals to be like, am I like? seeing something that's like about to happen but i've never thought of doing one f- for the sake of like breaking it down and trying to see what my brain is trying to tell me or work through i think that's that makes so much sense
3: yeah i mean i you know you've got all this data that you uh you're collecting like while you sleep of just your raw unfiltered thoughts and it's like how hard is that sometimes you know we all go through our life and someone asks you like how do you feel about that you're like I don't know. I'm trying to please you. I'm trying to please my my spouse. I'm trying to do the right thing for my job. I'm trying to be a good human being. So there's all this conscious pressure, right? But when you sleep, there's no pressure. So you get your unfiltered, honest thoughts. And it's like, that's just such a valuable resource that like, write it down. Like, you know, that's, that's why we do Dream App because it's like writing that stuff down and starting to look at the patterns and see just how you respond and behave just is so insightful and helps you overcome so many challenges that I don't think otherwise we really could.
2: Amazing. So that's, um, the perfect segue into, um, you, you told us a little bit about why you started the app, but could you tell us a little bit more about like what the app is and like what people can do in there, um, and how they can find it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So you can find it in all my TikTok bios. Uh, DreamApp.io is the website, but it's on, you know, it's on all the platforms. It's on Google Play and the iOS store. Um, but uh, there's a lot of things that we're doing. There's a lot of things that we're developing. Um, I think the most important thing. I think the biggest things right now uh, are we have just a huge symbol library uh, and an AI. Believe it or not. So we have an AI where you type in your dreams and it actually reads through it, looks for context, and then pulls out the symbols and tells you what they mean. Uh it's actually like it's it's revolutionary. Like it's it's patent pending to our algorithm for interpreting a dream. Like that's it's so just cool. been a wonderful journey. Uh so yeah, so there's the the machine learning, the AI side of it, the algorithm that looks through your dream and tells you what they mean based on the latest science and the latest research. But then Even better than that, we have dream experts who are in the app 24-7, and they respond in less than five minutes. So if you're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, there's someone who's online, live, ready to talk to you about what just happened and talk you through it and be there to support you. Because we really understood very early on that one of the biggest parts about dreams and what most people do is they talk about them. They talk about them with each other. They use it as a way to connect and as a way to share their real feelings. Um, And there's even some crazy research that came out in the past year about how when we share our dreams, it improves our empathy for one another. So they were actually able to do research where the person listening to someone else's dream was able to demonstrate higher empathy for that person that they listened to their dream after hearing their dream report. So like human beings have been using dreams to connect and as a part of empathy building, for, for hundreds, if not thousands of years. I mean, it has to be thousands of years because we've been dreaming for forever. Uh, and so bringing that back into culture and like bringing that back into part of like connecting as humans, uh, I just think is so important. So of course the symbols and the connection like, but really we wanna be science-based and research-based to help people find their mental health again.
2: And how, how can um, everybody find your social medias? What are all your handles?
3: Yeah, so it's all very consistent at Lion Mental Health, L Y O N Mental Health. Incredible platforms, awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Liz, do you have any any final thoughts? I don't. Um, I I feel like it was summed up perfectly. Is there anything that you wanted to add that like you're super passionate about or want people to know?
3: man I think I think I said it got a little emotional there in the in the middle about just my life's passion. Um, but I really I really do have I mean if there's a message that I try and share with everybody, if there's like one tagline, uh, I always remind people your mind is not against you. it's just misunderstood. And that's like my whole mission is the biggest problem that I think that we face is not really realizing just how deep and how incredible our minds are and how just significant it is to be a human being and so if i can help people learn to find peace within themselves i really do think that's how we find peace for the world Mm -hmm. and so learning to not be at war with yourself learning that your mind's not against you that you just don't quite understand it yet uh, is the mission of everything that i do and so if there's just one piece that i leave it would be that message uh, to find that peace within yourselves, and then you find peace in the world.
1: I think that's really important because we are yeah. up against so much that makes us doubt the way that we are is okay. You know, yeah. like there's just so many yeah. things being shoved in our faces. Like you're not okay the way you are, and you need this thing to fix it, and make it better. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice way to think of things and phrase it.
3: Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, I think we can uh, wrap it up. Yeah, thank you so much
2: for taking the time to talk to us. This is so fucking cool Mm -hmm. for us. We've been so excited to talk to you. So thank you so, so much for taking the time.
3: Yeah, this has been so fun. Anytime, just reach out. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.